You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. Also, on Facebook, the Locked On Packers feed is there. Our posts are there. You can become a part of the Locked On Packers community there, and I highly recommend you do that. It is Friday, and today we are going to talk about the defense, specifically related to two pieces that I wrote for Acme Packing Company this week on the Packers defense. The first was on setting expectations and determining success for this defense. A couple weeks ago, we did a show about setting reasonable expectations for the Green Bay Packers in 2018. And the only way you can determine success is if you can set expectations. And so that's one of the things that I talked about in that piece. Dovetailing with that, that we're going to get to a little bit later in the show, is the impact of Josh Jackson and Oren Burks and their positional flexibility, their ability to play in the box and play in coverage, play all over the field for the Green Bay Packers, We're going to discuss that part of the defense. It's going to be a little bit more specific discussion. It's going to be a little bit more scheme heavy, a little bit more X's and O's. I'm still going to try and do it in a way that is digestible. That is always my goal to take concepts that maybe seem esoteric or a little bit too not nuanced, but a little bit too in the weeds, a little bit too inside baseball, or in this case, football, obviously, and and make them accessible to you. That That is always my goal. And so there are going to be these times when we're going to talk about some in the weeds type stuff. But I my my hope is to make it digestible for you. And if if something is ever not clear, just let me know. Hit me on Twitter. Hit me on Facebook. Whatever it is, just let me know, and and we can talk about it. We can digest it. I get suggestions for show topics all the time, many of which I use. And so I, I want to I create a show that you want to listen to, which means I want to talk about the things you want to know about, talk about the things you want to learn about. If there are concepts that you want explained or, or you want deep-dived, there are a lot of times that, that you know I, I go into writing about something or talking about something where... I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to find when I dig in. And then I I reach a conclusion when I'm done. When I get to the end of the data trail, when I get to the end of my research, I've learned something that I can now impart on you. And that is one of the things that I really like about this job, about about being a sports writer and, and being a podcast host and being able to bring all this information to you. I was I was telling someone today that, In this business, you measure success based on engagement. And if I'm creating engaging content, people are going to want to listen. And that means I need to to have some understanding of my audience. And one of the ways that I do that is by listening when you talk. So again, hit me up on Twitter, at Peter underscore Bukowski. 
hit me on Facebook at the Lockdown Packers Facebook page. And we're going to have plenty of time to discuss all sorts of different things. And maybe we'll do another mailbag show in the next couple weeks. But let's get to our first topic today. And that is how we define success for the Green Bay Packers. And as I said, in order to, to, to have any sort of discussion about success, success can only be measured relative to expectations. So you can have a successful season in Cleveland this year if they just win six games. That's a successful season. But if you win six games in Green Bay or in Dallas or in New England, that is a horrible failure because it's based on expectations. Well, how do we set expectations for Green Bay defensively? I think the best place to start is the part of the defense we know is good, and that is the run defense. Green Bay upgraded its defensive line. Montrevious Adams is coming off what is essentially a redshirt season. They add Muhammad Wilkerson. You're going to have one more year of Kenny Clark, who is still impossibly young, with Mike Daniels. And Blake Martinez, last year, became one of the best run-stopping linebackers in football. This is going to be a top 10 run defense, potentially a top 6, 5, 4. I mean, it would not be surprising if at the end of the year this was the number one run defense in football. It wouldn't be, in part because the Lions' run game is a joke. And we don't know what to expect with Minnesota. They lose Jerick McKinnon. We don't know what to expect from Dalvin Cook coming off a serious knee injury. And we don't know what the Bears' offense looks like. They lost some pieces along the offensive line. And Jordan Howard was bottled up by this team last year. So Green Bay's defense is well-equipped up front to be very good in the run game. If they are not a top 10 run defense, that is a failure. If they're 12, 10, that's fine. That's acceptable. And then I think anything 8 or better, which is where they were last year by DVOA, is a success. And so that is the baseline there. Okay? So that is that is what you should expect run defense-wise from Green Bay. Now, then you look at the passing defense. And this was where the problem was last year. 27th in pass defense DVOA. One of the worst in football. Obviously, we know all about their situational struggles. The single worst situational defense in the league last year. The worst. If they are just bottom 12 situationally, they're probably a top half of the league defense. Because they did have a top 10 pass rush by adjusted sack rate, and they had a top 10 run defense. This this defense, play to play, if downs were not measured, if we just looked at play to play, the defense was passable. It was average. It was fine. But the issues in the red zone and on third down were what did this defense in. And so they, they have to be I mean, literally have to be, just statistically speaking, the only place, unless they're worst again, they have to be better. And I think just the addition of Mike Patton makes them better. I've mentioned this before. No personnel changes were necessary for this defense to be better with Mike Patton than Dom Capers. And so you look at the 27th ranked passing defense, the worst situational defense in football, and you go just with Mike Patton, They should be a couple spots better in the passing game. He has consistently had a top 10 passing defense. 
Now that we should not expect that this year with such a young secondary. Josh Jones is in his second year. Kevin King in his second year. Plus, you're going to be counting on two rookies at corner to be playing heavy snaps for you. But should they be better than 27? Absolutely, yes, they should be. This is all assuming marginal health. So if they're a top 20, let's say, passing defense and a top 10 run defense, they're probably going to be a top half of the league defense. 14, 12 maybe, depending on, on their situational defense. If they're, if they're significantly better in the red zone, let's say. They go from bottom three to 20th. They can move up significantly as a scoring defense. And so we should expect them to be better. Which means success is having an above average defense. If they can have an above average defense somewhere in that 12-14 range, that is a successful season. If they're 15, 16, 18, mm, that's passable if if their situational defense is better, if they're better on third down and better in the red zone. But my guess would be if they're better in those areas, they're likely going to be much better overall just given the nature of defense. Now, I think Green Bay's offense is going to be much better than it was last year, which actually could make this run defense better simply because teams are going to have to throw the ball more when Aaron Rodgers is scoring points instead of Brett Hundley. But that's been true in other years when Green Bay's run defense has been abysmal. So they have to maintain their, their at least their status quo on the run, and they have to improve in the passing game. And if they do those things, they can be a solid defense. And if they aren't, anything else, if they're average, that is fine. If they're below average, it's a failure. Flat out. I don't care how many, I don't care if Burks, Alexander, and Jackson all have to start. Failure. It's a failure. Because it's not just about personnel. It's not just about scheme. It is about personnel too. So it's not just a failure of Mike Patton, even if this team has injuries. It is Brian Gutekind's job to make sure that they have capable depth. And there are, again, there are veterans. I was putting together the the 53-man projection for the Packers yesterday and looking at it going, who are the backup outside linebackers going to be? Vince Beagle and Reggie Gilbert, that's not enough. Not on a 3-4 team. You need five, six, maybe even seven outside linebackers. They they have four because no one wants Kyler Fackrell on this team. Joe Odom is a a replacement level at best roster player, not even even rotational player, just someone capable of being on the roster. And so who else do they have? When Clay Matthews said that the Packers need to go sign someone, he was right. They do. And so injuries cannot even be the excuse here. If we assume normal, non-catastrophic level of injuries... This defense has to be above average for it to be a success. And if it is, by the way, we talked about this a few weeks ago. If this defense is above average, we know this offense is going to be top five if Aaron Rodgers is playing. And so if they're a top five offense, and let's say the 12th defense in the league, they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And that, above everything else, is what ultimately dictates the overall success of the Green Bay Packers in 2018.
You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything around the league with Locked On NFL and with NBA free agency still going crazy. Stay up to date on everything going on in the NBA with Locked On NBA. One of the things I wrote about yesterday at Acme Packing Company, and you can go check that out there, is about box defenders. So what does that mean? Defining the box is somewhat arbitrary. It's more of an aesthetics. It's one of those things you know it when you see it. But the box is is players near the line of scrimmage. And generally it's clear who is in the box and who is not. Anything inside 8 yards, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage is probably the box, but it's probably that's 6 to 8 yards That is, generally speaking, tackle the tackle, the box. And traditionally, that has been linebackers and occasionally safeties are playing there. Well, more and more in the modern NFL, teams are spreading out. They're having to play just by necessity fewer players in the box. And it is is leading to some teams being able to be more effective with their run game because in every other sport, The World Cup is going on right now. You see how soccer teams score? They spread you out. And they create advantageous mismatches and they create space. Same thing in basketball. How did the Warriors just win a title? Well, they had the most talented team, but also they could spread every team out, create space, and get to wherever they wanted on the court. Green Bay's best offense is spreading teams out to create the mismatches they want. That means fewer players in the box, which means you can run the ball more effectively, potentially. And what Green Bay tried to do last year with the Nitro package was take Morgan Burnett and put him in the box as a linebacker. Now, Morgan Burnett at 210, 212 is not a linebacker. He's small. And one of the the fundamental mistakes of the Nitro package was not making Josh Jackson the Nitro player. He's bigger, he is stronger, he is much better suited than Morgan Burnett was to be the de facto linebacker, and the Packers admitted as much. When they drafted him, they said he's going to be our dime linebacker. So how did he transition from dime linebacker to suddenly he's the deep safety when they had Morgan Burnett? Josh Jones's best game came against the Bengals when Burnett didn't play safety. He was playing slot corner and Jones was the guy playing that nitro linebacker role. Well, what did the Packers do this offseason? They drafted a player in Oren Burks who is a former safety who played the star position in college. College teams, remember what we talked about earlier in the week, the innovation is in college. The star player is someone who plays linebacker, who plays safety, who sometimes plays slot corner. And that is what Oren Burks is with his athletic gifts, his speed, his coverage ability. He is probably the dime linebacker this year because it shouldn't be Blake Martinez. And what you can now do with Jones and Burks is instead of having Jones, the safety, play linebacker and dime, it can be Burks and Jones can be a safety. And this is true in every formation, in every defensive personnel grouping. 
Green Bay in order to play Jones in the box more, which I think is something they they still can and should do. They were going to have to put Kentrell Bryce on the field more and take, let's say, Jake Ryan off the field. Let's say they don't draft Oren Burks. So what you do is you still want two safeties on the field. That was Nitro. And, and Mike Patton likes to play with three safeties, doing exactly what I'm describing here. And you have Jones as a linebacker in the box. Well, with Burks, all you have to do is replace Jake Ryan with Burks. And now you have your Nitro linebacker. You have your star. Because he can cover running backs and tight ends in the slot. And he can play the run. He's actually literally a linebacker. And so you don't have to give up size or athleticism. That is the value. You look at the Seattle Seahawks. They can play base more than most teams because Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright can run. And they can play in coverage, in zone coverage. I mean, I'll never forget watching K.J. Wright run with Jordy Nelson across the field. Being able to do that opens up so much for your defense because you don't have to go to your sub package. Dom Capers, and rightfully so, took a lot of criticism for playing small and how much it hurt him with his run defense. I have never blamed him for that because playing small defensively makes sense as long as what you're doing is is getting stops in the red zone where they matter. Dom Capers was playing small and his guys still couldn't stop the pass. If you're going to play small, you have to be able to stop opposing quarterbacks. If what you're giving up in size is not translating to speed and coverage ability, then you're sacrificing something to get nothing. What Burks and Jones can do, because you can now play Jones in the box as a de facto linebacker, you can play a 4-3. You can, you can get creative with your defensive fronts. They could put Daniels and Clark as the two lone defensive linemen, true defensive linemen on the field. You put Perry and Matthews on the edges. Stand up, hand in the dirt, who cares? That's your four. You put Martinez and Burks there. And now you bring Jones down in the, in the box. He can cover tight ends. He can blitz. He can cover running backs out of the backfield. He can, he can play in the slotting coverage. He can do everything you need him to do. And guess what? So can Oren Burks. Jake Ryan's run defense is not so good and so important that he has to play over Burks. And furthermore, this run defense is so good and so stout that Burks missing some run fits is not the end of the world. That is not his bread and butter. Burks as a run defender is not a great player, but as a coverage player, that is where he shines. He can come in right away and play in coverage in the NFL. I am, I am very confident in saying that. So if you're sacrificing some run fits, who cares? Especially on this team, given the quality of the run defenders they already have. So you put him out there, and then you can you can play Josh Jones wherever you want. Or you can flip it, and you can play Josh Jones as the linebacker, and you can put Burks wherever you want. And opposing offenses are never going to know where those guys are going to be. If you are Mike Patton, and what you love to do is disguise and deceive and and trick opposing quarterbacks into thinking you're in one coverage or you're in in one 
defense and you're going to you're going to be really in another what better tool to have than players who can play multiple positions and can do multiple things on the football field that is what Oren Burks is and that is decidedly not what Jake Ryan is Oren Burks needs to be on the field he needs to be playing in more than just the dime linebacker situations that alone would be worth the third round pick that they give up to get him but he is going to be on the field maybe not right away But I'm telling you, by week six, by week eight, he's going to be starting next to Blake Martinez because he can do so much with his speed and athleticism. Opposite Josh Jones, who can do so much with his speed and athleticism. Playing in a secondary with Kevin King and Tremont Williams and Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson, who can do so much with their speed and athleticism. Even Clay Matthews with his speed and athleticism. This is now a defense that is forming an identity, something they have lacked for years. And it only took Mike Patton and Brian Gutekinds one offseason to build it. Now, are they going to be good? We don't know. Can they be? Yes. And should we expect them to be? We're going to bring it back from our earlier conversation. Yes, we should. They should be better. Are they going to be great? Probably not. Not next year, but maybe in 2019. And maybe by the end of the year, DVOA does this thing, Football Outsiders, at the end of the season, they do weighted DVOA to account for how they're playing at the end of the year lately. And it's a great great barometer heading into the playoffs. Okay, who's playing well as we head into the playoffs? Who has gotten better? It wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the year, their weighted defensive DVOA was higher than their total DVOA because these young players are going to come in And they might struggle a little bit early, but by the end of the year, they could be playing fast, they could be playing aggressive, and this sort of adaptable, interchangeable group of box defenders that Green Bay has could very well be the linchpin piece to the the difference between this defense being meh and being, oh, they're actually pretty good. All right, I hope everyone had a good 4th of July. I hope they were safe. With the fireworks, I saw way too many stupid videos and stupid stories of people doing stupid, stupid things. So be smart and be safe with your fireworks, please. I'm sorry if anyone's dogs were upset by the fireworks. I was actually upset by a dog because the uh, the fireworks were postponed almost an hour by me because of a Snoop Dogg concert. He was late, and they had to wait until Snoop was done performing before they could fire off the fireworks. So... While fireworks usually annoy dogs, I was annoyed by a dog because I wasn't getting fireworks. Big difference. We're going to be back next week on our normal schedule. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three shows as we head towards training camp. Remember, if you have questions, if you have show ideas, whatever whatever you want, at me. Normally I'm saying don't at me, definitely at me. At Peter underscore Bukowski, at Locked on Packers. Go to the Facebook page, like us on Facebook, share podcasts when you like them, when you enjoy them. If you want your friends to experience Locked on Packers, share it with them. Allow them to experience it. Tell a friend about the show. I would love that. Tweet about the show. I would love that. And and so would they. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. There's always content coming at Acme Packing Company. The 53-man roster projection is coming in hot. We've got stuff at Fansided at Pro Football Weekly. At Ozzy, I got a piece coming out. Again, not out yet, but will be out soon. Keep an eye out for that as well. All so you can stay locked on Packers. Packers.